Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. We are back. It's another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Andy is with me. Very quickly, have to mention two of our newest patrons over at Patreon. The first one being Sadiq Mahmoud, who you can find on Twitter at S-A-D-D-E-M is a Mary 9-0. And then Mark Yang, who you can find on Twitter at M-A-R-C-Y-A-N-G-L. Thank you both for supporting our endeavors here. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get extra episodes of the podcast, early access to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma press or go to the support page at the top of Roma press.net. All right, Andy. Um, so the Friedkin stuff is going on, but we have to talk about that disaster, that absolute embarrassing disaster for Roma that took place yeah. in the Europa league <laughs> last week. Um, yeah, I should have just listened to you. The, the, the pessimist, I oh, guess. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Wow. I, I mean, Oh, Andy, aren't you confident? I'm confident. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty confident. I have to tell you. I mean, if you, if you, I, I know this season seems like it has taken 90 months to complete, but I went from beginning to end. And I think just in terms of sheer terribleness, if, if that's the word I can make up for the moment, that was without question within the top five of the worst performances of the season, I think. Yeah, they basically wiped the floor with Roma. That's what Sevilla did. Um, they they came in. They we never stood a chance. Um, I don't, you know, whether it was because of the initial formation, the lack of of uh, in game changes, um, or just the players' attitude. Overall, was ju- it, w- it was a mess. It was a mess, and it showed Roma at its weakest. And it's it, it seemed like a different team from from the one that we saw against Juve. It, 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 this team looked defeated. Um, even the the you know the the the, the leaders or the supposed to be leaders um, like Jeko or Mkhitaryan players that have much more experience in in this kind of competition um, they were nowhere to be found or they gave borderline terrible uh, performances um, yeah we never stood a chance we never played as a collective unit and it, you know it, rightly so uh, Sevilla. Uh, move forward because they're the better team, and um, I'm just you know I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm half glad that that happened because uh, the 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 season, which in my mind was uh, just a roller coaster, probably in the more negative sense of the word, um, is is over, and finally we have some time to think about changes. We have some time to think about you know this this uh, new uh, presidency um and more importantly looking at uh who can help uh make this team better because uh man the the game against Sevilla showed that if we're talking about improvements um there is just so many uh positions in this team that need uh to be addressed in terms of improvement yeah i don't want to dwell too much on the match but I would be very curious to hear your opinion on this. So of the 11 that started that match against Sevilla, uh, I counted maybe four to which you can, without question, maybe five, hang your hat on as important pieces for this new Roma of Friedkin. Uh, I'm thinking Dzeko, Mkhitaryan, Zaniolo, 
Diawara, maybe Ibanez and Mancini. I don't know. For me, everybody else just seems so replaceable at the moment. And perhaps that is unfair that the final taste in our mouths of some of these players is that really, 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 really bad performance. So obviously we're probably working with a bit of, of, of recency bias, I guess, or working with a bit of recency bias. But that performance was so bad. And part of me thinks that that seven-match unbeaten streak to end the season really was fool's gold because, of, I guess, with the benefit of hindsight, I mean, a lot of those matches are against teams that had nothing to play for, right? I mean, their season was essentially done. You know, we're, we're talking about relegated sides like Spal. We're talking about a team that had already won the Scudetto and, and Juve. So it's difficult to to understand who this real Roma is. Is it the one we saw during that seven-match unbeaten streak? Or is it the one that we saw against Sevilla? Now, I've seen a lot of excuses. Sevilla had much more time to prepare. Um, Roma, you know, they had less rest. I don't know how much I necessarily buy or, 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 or uh, agree with that line of thinking. Um, I mean, Roma was coming in on very good form. So where are you just sort of big picture with all this? Do you agree that of the players we saw against that Sevilla, really only three or four or ones that you can count on as potential building blocks? Well, listen, John, I think that we um, it's very easy in, in falling into the typical traps that we fall into or you know, I'm also looking at Milan fans um, who, <laughs> you know, are, com are coming into this season with uh, mixed expectations because, you know, first half of the season was some of the worst football a team could play. And then they come back in post lockdown and they seem like, you know, 70s, uh, a, a, a 70s uh, Dutch national team or, you know, uh, the Galacticos. Um, even though those are the same players, they're looking at the same players. They're looking at uh, Akan Chalonoglu, um, Conti, Calabria. You know that those are the same pieces that they've seen, and we have the same problem in terms of you know we're we're still talking about having uh, uh, Bruno Perez um, on the flank. And even though yes, it, it is really nice to believe uh, a comeback story, um, there is just no way that you can go forward. Uh, and addressing that fullback position or wingback position, whatever you want to call it, um, which is an essential position at Roma and has been a crucial point over these last few years where, you know, we've missed uh, an inform uh, Florenzi. We had before that, we had Tony Rudiger playing right back. Um, we had Karsdorp uh, playing two minutes against Crotone. It's, the, you know, we cannot allow ourselves to to get caught up in, in these moments. And I think, you know, when we talk about roller coaster of a season, this is the definition of it. There is many, many faces to this Roma team. I think there is plenty of good, plenty to believe in, um, as well as, you know, when it comes to also to, to Fonseca, I believe we'll get to that later. But, uh, there, but there is also plenty of bad that cannot be, you know, swept under a rug, just just for the sake of it, just for the sake of saving money, uh, just by saying, you know, oh, well, we have Bruno Perez, who, you know, maybe is not that bad. 
he's kind of cheap. Um, we maybe we can use him, maybe we can rely on him, or even you know the likes of Cristante, um, even even Pellegrini. There is just there are just some players in this team that should not be considered essential, um, and, and and this team can do much better um, than they did this season. Now. I'm not gonna, you know, pretend like these the, this run of seven unbeaten games um, is, you know, was a joke or wasn't really football. Um, I still think that playing post lockdown is a completely different thing than playing before it. Um, I think we have enough reasons to to believe in in a much better Roma um, when we look back at this past season. But again, it's, you know, there are some building blocks, but then there is just this, you know, trash that needs taking taking care of. And um, we're seeing it now with with Juve, um, one mm, of the first ones yeah. to be to be shipped under under, you know, under Pirlo's tenure is 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 Matuidi, a guy who notoriously did not belong to the to that team anymore, was was was, you know, borderline a negative presence on the field. And that it also needs to happen at Roma. Uh, you know, we've we've just got the, the news of Pastore going for another surgery. Now, I'm Pastore wasn't playing against Sevilla, but you're not gonna make any more progress if you don't address that particular situation. There has to be, in my opinion, you know, the the favorite talking point of the newspapers anytime there's there's a new manager new sporting director, we always hear this word revolution, and it, it truly is the most overused talking point, in my opinion. It's it's very annoying, along with, what else? Uh, you know, how many times does a president visit the city? I, I, I feel like there's just so many things that it just gets beaten into our head that we don't even take it that serious anymore. But in this case, I truly do think we're going to see somewhat of a of a, a, a smaller, I should say, mini revolution. I guess you would say. Individually, though, I think there were a couple people who have found themselves under the light or the microscope after that match against Sevilla, and the most obvious one is Paulo Lopez. Now, this is a guy that Roma spent a lot of money on last summer. I think with bonuses, we're talking upwards of twenty-seven, twenty-eight million euros. Really, it, it, you know, we talk about Roma having a, you know, there's there's two different versions of Roma pre-lockdown and post-lockdown. Well, for Paulo Lopez, there are two versions of him. You have the one before the air against Lazio and the, the, the version of Lopez after the air against Lazio. So we're just talking about a few individuals here. What are your opinion on Paulo Lopez? Do does Roma have to look elsewhere, or do you think he can be recovered? This is merely um, a, a mental thing with him. Oh, that, you know that is a, it is a tough question because you know if if we are judging his recent form, all the signs point to uh, finding a cheaper, uh, more maybe more promising alternative. Um, Especially because, as we've said, you know, a number of times here recently, um, there is, you know, we can point to the, you know, more, more, more difficult um, situations that he put us through in this in these recent weeks um, than the positive ones, the, 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 you know, some crucial saves that allowed us to, you know, to move past an opponent, which to my mind hasn't happened uh, much recently. And. And so, 
you know, part of me wants to say um, that if if it comes to, you know, selling for Plus Valenza, uh, selling f in order to keep players that we consider to be more vital to the team, then I consider Paolo Lopez touchable. You know, if it comes to, um, you know, selling a, a, a list of players that will prevent us from potentially selling uh, a player like Zaniolo, then Paolo Lopez may as well be on that list. But I think that, you know, th this is a guy who, unlike Olsen, who, who you know, was would make one good game and then lose himself for the next 10 games and then maybe have one positive episode and 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 and, and so on and so on and rinse repeat um paulo lopez showed us enough uh to to sort of believe in him as as a as a starting goalkeeper um maybe you know it's it, it's a difficult situation to judge because we've heard that you know he had hurt his hand right um i believe he had a broken was it a broken yeah, wrist? The wrist or yeah, he fractured his yeah. wrist in May. Yep. Yeah, fracture wrist out for a month. Um, then you know, uh, seasickness, I believe, or something like that. Nausea, vomiting, whatever. I I don't know if I can believe in that, but uh, it, there's definitely been a, a series of problematic events around him. If you're telling me, do I believe in him right now? I would tell you no, because um, the guy has been far from reliable. And, you know, even with our poor defense, which at times is atrocious and something that you rarely see in a team that ends up fifth, even for the setter, yeah, um, you know, he didn't do us any favors. Um, that's, that's the problem. And, you know, Mirante... I don't know how much longer you can rely on him. And then you have Fusato, who is, a, who is a big question mark, who has all these rumors about him being potentially great, um, called up for the Brazilian national team, uh, teams looking to loan him out. So it, it, I, I, I can agree that this, you know, if it comes to, if worse comes to worst, this is the position that you're looking at in, in you know, in potentially selling and replacing, um, then I would have to agree with you at the moment. Okay. Now the other one is Fonseca. Now, again, you have, I don't know what it is about him. He, he seems like a figure who you're either completely okay with giving him another chance or you saw enough to, in your mind, think, okay, I think Roma can do better. I think he had... I think he showed many good things this season. I think he also showed some areas in which he needs to improve, particularly, in my opinion, I think his in-match management is pretty pretty poor. I, I It seemed like this season when the Roma, if they were down by a goal or even two, that the match was over, that it seemed like there was very little possibility of them getting into the match. Over the last couple of days, we've seen Pochettino linked to the role. Where are you at with Fonseca? Are you comfortable giving him another chance? Yes, my my answer there is 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 yes, without without a doubt. Just because um, I actually laugh at the names that we are being tied to, um, just because a guy like Pochettino to even come close to smelling success in the form of a Champions League final um, 
it took a num it took him a number of years and a number of years of of struggling of finding the right pieces of moving the pieces around um of of really going trophyless for for uh, a, 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 you know a large part of his of his tenure at, at Tottenham and really you know sometimes there there were so many memes about him it, it seemed like his team always in in order to achieve something needed to go for a long spell of underachieving and 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 so i i actually you know i find it a bit funny that that is the name where we 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 are supposed supposedly considering in case of you know uh, letting go of fonseca um just because that profile is very similar to what we have now um the Fonseca that we know, the Fonseca that we have played against in the Champions League, and I remember everybody was 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 talking about this Shakhtar team that was so well organized. Everybody was it, it worked like a well oiled machine. You had you had players that like Tyson who who knew exactly what to do. You had Fred who, who you know who 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 played world class. Um, then obviously went to Manchester United and. It took him some time to to regain that form, but the the point is that the Fonseca that we associated with potentially being a great manager is the Fonseca that you know was at Shakhtar for a number of yes. years before he, he he managed to to create a team that uh, embodied what he wanted them to play and and a team that where everybody complemented complemented each other uh, in the way he intended them. To complement each other and a, a team that knew what to do on the field and i can tell you right now that there were spells during this year where i could see that roma i could see a roma that was moving the way fonseca wanted them to move i could see a roma that in the second half remember we always said oh they start slow but then the second half something happens in the locker room and fonseca rallies them around and there were moments of that in this season. There were also moments where, you know, the team would go back into the locker room at halftime and come back with the same type of or lack of energy. Um, you know, a team that would go on the field defeated or a team that was was just a mix of ideas that did not work, were not compatible. I thought that he, in that run where he played Mancini as a, a defensive midfielder, that was one of his best decisions, a highlight of his decision making when it came to really injuries and, and, and you know, suspensions and whatnot. He was able in that instance to find answers uh, just the way, you know, he switched to a three man defense after uh, uh, clearly struggling um, post lockdown with those three straight losses. That was also a smart move. Um, maybe it was a forced move, but it yeah. was the right move to make. So there is, I, I understand there is plenty of negative. I think he still needs to work on some of his substitutions. Yes. There, sometimes he really struggles to, you know, you, you think, okay, he, he doesn't have enough tools because really if you ha look at a bench that has Cristante or Kalinic and you want somebody to motivate it to come in, then, man, you you really need to look somewhere else. But at the same time, uh, he was many times he was not able to read the 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 you know the room as we say the what the team needed um uh, many times he was not able to provide that so i still have plenty of belief in him and i think that if you give him the right tools if you give him some more time to to work on this team and on the identity of this team he can achieve something here 
Yeah, first off, when it comes to Roma, even with the new management, I think we have to be pragmatic here. Uh, Pochettino was earning 9 million euros at Spurs, okay? Fonseca is on one and a half. I think he's either on one and a half or two million euros at Roma, okay? So... Let's um let's calm down a little bit. I I don't care what IS from from Spanish says uh, or from Spain says. I I just don't see it as a feasible move for anybody. And wasn't this the guy who was complaining about the team Spurs how he wanted them to aim higher? Uh, we can't be satisfied with the Champions League final or and just losing it. I just don't. <laughs> I, I guess I don't understand how he could reconcile those aspirations with coming to Roma. To me, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense for anybody. Um, moving on, though, this whole sporting director thing. First off, congratulations to all the newspapers. Um, what I've been following or what I've been noticing with this is the way you can appear right is if you just throw out fifteen different names and you can say you yes. can say, oh, see, see, <laughs> see, we named him right after it was announced that Free, uh, Friedkin uh, acquired acquired Roma. Okay, first off, let's stop with this. All right, Sabatini's not coming. Um, who else was thrown out there? Berta from Atletico Madrid. He's not coming. Prade? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, John, John, the mistake was that one of the first things that I believe you will report it, um, which was that, the I'll paraphrase, but the freaking group cannot wait to become part of the Roma family. That's when you give everybody a go at okay so that means that he wants to go back and take Spalletti, Prade, Sabatini, Totti, De Rossi, anybody. <laughs> he wants anybody to get the band who, back together. <laughs> anybody who is in a, a hundred mile radius of, 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 of Roma. The thing that bothers me most I think is a lot of these newspapers and journalists writing things as if they know what Friedkin is doing but throughout the entire negotiation, they had no source at Friedkin. They had no communication with Friedkin. They couldn't get a source even near Friedkin. Uh, nobody within the group, all of the guys who came to Rome in, in February, they couldn't they, they couldn't get in with them. But now the, the deal goes through and all of a sudden they know what Friedkin is thinking. I, it's absolutely absurd. Now, even those at Roma don't even know what Friedkin is doing. You can talk to Fianga. Ask Fianga. If Fianga would actually answer my messages, he's been ignoring me all week. If he would come on this podcast right now, I guarantee you he would say, I don't know who they're picking. If, if we gave him like <laughs> truth serum, um, he would say he doesn't know what they're doing. And he doesn't. Okay. The fact is he doesn't know. Now I, I know um, I could tell you things they haven't done. Like they haven't contacted Talti. We saw that wonderful rumor today. I forget. I, I think what newspaper came out with that? Was that Repubblica? I think it was uh, Repubblica and Il, Mech- Il Messaggero. Okay. Um, one of them said it was, what did they say? They, they had Totti as like technical director and then they had De Rossi, they had <laughs> De Rossi, De Rossi yes. as the manager because they wanted to, quote, uh, emulate Juve. Who just recently picked Pirlo as a new manager? Uh, I mean, come on. The laziness. Come the on, laziness. Man. I mean, how do you make this stuff up? Come on, come on. This is absurd, okay? Um, these newspapers just didn't suddenly come into a source at Freakin, okay? What they're doing, it's all conjecture, it's guessing, okay? Uh, listen, Freakin is gathering who they don't even know who's going to be in the management side. Now, I know people are going to look at that and say, oh my God, how could they not know? Uh, guys, it's been a few days, all right? They're still talking with people. 
Um, I know with a fair amount of certainty, some of the people at Roma who won't be staying, like Baldissoni, uh, you can just find the full piece I wrote on the website. He, he won't mm-hmm. be staying. Fienga, in my opinion, will be staying. I know the one everybody's going to be excited to hear. Franco Baldini. Baldini. It's This is like where you play the, the song. What's that song <laughs> from The Wizard of Oz? Ding dong, the witch is dead, you know? Um, yeah, he won't be remaining. Uh, I was told by one of Freakin's uh, lawyers that Baldini himself last month reached out to uh, members of the Freakin group and basically offered himself, say, hey, I'd be willing to stay on. Uh, wow, that's ha- desperate. Happy to remain as the advisor. Uh, and they politely declined. They politely declined his offer. So I think we're going to see a pretty big shakeup here. What I think is Friedkin wants a pretty nice mix of new faces from their team mixed with some of the current management staff at Roma. So uh, Fienga, who, if you don't know how... If you don't know much about him or his story, um, at the moment, Palota has his favorites, okay? He, he he has, I joke with Mr. Biafora about this, but he has like golden children every other year right. or two. Uh, Palota has his favorites, okay? Uh, initially, it was somebody like Italo Zanzi, who was the former CEO. That was Palota's golden boy. Uh, then it used to be Baldissoni. Uh, Baldissoni is no longer his golden boy, by the way. Um, it is now wow. Fienga. Fienga is now like the, the... He's risen in the ranks, man. Very quickly. And if you don't know much about his story, it's very interesting. There are some, even at Roma, who are shocked and amazed that he is the CEO of the club. And they're yeah pretty surprised by the level of influence that he has. But wasn't it... I remember when Gandini left and... Um, and De Rossi made his press conference announcing his retirement, and Fienga was there, yeah. and everybody was like, "Who the fuck is that?" Exactly, and exactly. That became the new face of the club. Like we've been, we we've seen him and heard him almost on every occasion, whether it was transfer market, where the it was you know going to Nyon and listening to you know UEFA picking us for their Europa League. Um, Fienga was at all times there. It's very bizarre, his story. Very, very bizarre. And whether he stays or not, if he were to officially leave, I I would love to get him on here. Just what to... was his previous experience? I, I, I don't he know. He didn't even work in football. That's the wow. That's the thing. It, it's, a, it's, a very, um, it's a very curious background of his. And if you look at who the former CEOs have been at Roma, um, again, I'm talking about Gandini, Zanzi. I mean, these are guys who come from a, a football-heavy background. They have the experience. So many are still shocked at the, um, at the influence that Fienga, that Fienga wields at the club. But I, I, I think we're going to see that slowly, slowly um, dissipate. But I do think Fienga will have some sort of role at the club. I, I just don't know. If you go to the guy and you say, okay, well, we don't want you to be CEO anymore. Can you go to some other role? We don't know what his appetite would be to accept. But I, I do think Freakin is going to try and keep some of the some of the faces that are currently in the Roma management at the club. Um, for sporting director, though, I got off on a very long tangent there. I apologize. But sporting director, <laughs> again, we've seen all the names, okay? All the lazy names that it takes little, it, 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 you know, it doesn't take any investigation to throw these names out, okay? Sabatini, right. bleh, okay, we get it. Um, 
who else? Uh, Prade. Prade. Yeah, that's, Prade. I mean, that's, that's the, the that's one. the pinnacle of of ridiculousness when it comes to these rumors. Prade. Like, who's Prade anymore at Roma? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, admittedly, he has bounced around. He's gone to Samp. He's gone to uh, Udinese. Fiorentina. Fiorent and back to Fiorentina. I don't know um, what he has uh, done to maybe warrant uh, Roma taking another look at him. I, I also saw the name. I mean, come on. It wouldn't be – if you mention the, the sporting director role of Roma – you wouldn't be doing yourself a justice if you don't mention uh, Ricky Masada as well. I mean, guys, come on. They, they, basically, it's the same names recycled, you know? It, it's, it's You know how what I compared it to when I was talking to somebody? I compared it um, throughout these entire negotiations with Freakin, and I've kind of been joking about this, but if you Google his name, he has five photos on Google, essentially. Um, right. If you look at all the websites of the newspapers, all of us have basically, yeah, all of us have basically been recycling the same five photos for every news story. So let's just say that we've published 100 stories involving Friedkin. We've probably used at least one of those photos at least 20 times. So that's the way I compare the 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 sporting director situation at Roma. It's it's basically yep. like we're throwing out the same names and yep. uh, we'll see what sticks, you know. Yeah, because because John, you're making it familiar. So as soon as I see that photo that has been used on Il Tempo, on Roma Press, on whatever other big new Italian newspaper, um, I'll associate it with Friedkin. And and if you show me Friedkin in a different photo, then maybe it will not come to my mind as soon as 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 that. And I think that's you know when uh, the funniest was that guy who worked with Monchi. Um, just because he worked with Monchi, just so you can throw that name in there, um, and it'll make sense because we know who Monchi is. We know what you know what what he brought to Roma, um, what happened during his tenure. So uh, you can control people's emotions by 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 just making that association. Okay, now I have to preface this: Orta, who uh, is Spanish. He was a guy that Palato was looking at. Um, but this was, I mean, we're talking two to three months ago when right. it looked like the deal with Friedkin wasn't going to go through after it collapsed in March, which I'm going to make a separate podcast for a, a writer at Corriere dello Sport who has been dumping on me about that. Um, yeah, Orta is a guy that he's been looking at before, but I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't see it. I, what I think is going to happen... And this is purely a guess because guess what? Um, Friedkin, they still have to talk with people. They still have to do interviews. They they don't even officially own the club. Andy, the thing I love about this is people are dumping on them for decisions they haven't even made. Just people they're looking at. People they're looking at. And it's, it's oh my God, how could, like my mentions, when I, when I threw the thing out there about Totti, um, about how nobody of Freakin has had any contact with Francesco Totti about returning to the club to be like a technical director or any sort of role. Um, I mean, there's people in my mention being like, oh my God, how could they do that? What are they thinking? Like, they don't even own the club yet. How, how yeah. can you criticize them for this, you know? Yeah, I've been seeing uh, today people getting mad at because um, a journalist uh, who who works for uh, Being Sport uh, reported that uh, the reported figure for, for of the salary for Pedro is four million, 
and I saw immediately people talking about why Franklin. Um, this is a very common uh, mistake <laughs> with, with Roma fans. You know, it, it, it's very difficult for some Roma fans to remember that Friedkin is actually called Friedkin and not Franklin or Franklin. Oh, um, some of the pronunciations. And I get it's a um, uh, 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 an accent thing, but oh, my God. Friedkin, Friedkin, overrolling the R. Guys, Friedkin, just Friedkin. Friedkin, not friggin'. Not oh man, it's been hilarious. Yeah, it's been hilarious, and it's it's it, it, you know when I understand that we talk about the ambiente romano as you know this big fat monster, um, and it, it it that it definitely is not the reason for Roma's lack of success and going trophyless for the majority of its existence, but it it never it just it, it never stops to amaze me uh how quickly conclusions are drawn how quickly um people build these bias uh, uh regarding something or someone that they have no clue whatsoever what they're going to do what their intentions <laughs> are who they are i mean people until you know a week ago didn't even know that you know freaking group and to Toyota have something in in you know in common um, that even Friedkin is a, a producer of movies. Now I understand that you don't necessarily have to go through every you know uh, career move of Friedkin, but at least that's you know it's it's the basics right now. And if you're going to talk about um, Friedkin possibly being another dirty American disrespecting the Roman soil um, and marching into Rome, you know, ready to burn down everything good that Roma has achieved in its history, then you have to do it by being informed and not spreading misinformation, which is the stuff that is easiest to make. And I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing today, I've seen tweets, I've seen, you know, summaries of, 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 of radio programs, um, articles, Whatever, you name it, it's there. People are talking about it, and they're talking about it in the way that they want to talk about it. Yeah, I think you responded to it, but there was even a guy who, um, I forget what I was reporting about, but he, he responded to one of my tweets, and he said, apparently Friedkin is the same as Palotta, the same market movements as Palotta. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> what? What? How? How? how in the world are you even drawing that conclusion? Now, I'd be happy to address that after the summer and we're able to to digest the market and judge the market. But this guy doesn't even own the club for seven more days. What? How can we criticize him? And then the other the, the beautiful one I saw today was now I know many of you probably don't follow the Borsa Italiana, the, 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 the Italian stock market. Um, the, the stock today is tanking and. <laughs> And I see oh, yeah. people, yep. whether they're doing it as a troll or doing it honestly, they're saying, oh, my God, uh, freaking doesn't even own the club yet. And the prospect of them uh, is making the markets go crazy. Where do people come up with this sort of stuff? I, I mean, come on. And a part of me <laughs> thinks that these poor guys, they now they don't speak Italian. Um, Ryan does slightly, but. Part of me thinks they probably see what's been being said over the last few days and probably thinking like, holy shit, what, you know, 
What have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah. Did we go back 2,500 years? Um, because that's the level of, of, you know, of the behavior that I'm seeing. The, that's what you're talking about. The, the news by Calcio Finanza. It's, it, we're reporting that, you know, there, there are losses, but we are living in a world that is, has been hit by a pandemic and is currently fighting it. And it's literally affecting all aspects of our lives. So why shouldn't it affect football? Yeah, it's been very strange. But for the sporting director role, getting back to what I brought up like 10 minutes ago, I keep going on tangents. <laughs> but do you have like a preference? Do you have somebody that you think, okay, I think maybe perhaps he would fit better? The The, the thing in all of this is I do think we're going to see a mini revolution. I think we're going to see many redundancies. Uh, you know, Pastore, uh, Juan Jesus, uh, Florenzi leave the club. Is there somebody you would entrust uh, revolutionizing the team more than the rest? I, I, I guess it's it kind is, of difficult yeah. to choose. It, it is difficult to choose because I, w one thing that I've learned is, um, you know, the, 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 the credits or the overall career uh, really don't say a lot about the work that you're about to do at Roma. Because if what mattered the most was the career of a sporting director, then Monchi would have been, you know, the new uh, Julius Caesar of Rome by now. And instead he's being remembered as a, a, a supermarket cashier. Uh, <laughs> that, that, it's not my invention. That's not a meme I created. So I'm just saying that um, by now we've seen somebody who was supposed to be and was named really and was the reason as to why Roma hired him the best sporting director in the world come here and literally do nothing or even uh, do stuff that hurts us in the long run still to this day um, so I you know and then see somebody like Petraki who comes you know from a background that is Torino not really stimulating uh, as an environment, not really a, a football team that has achieved incredible results, but come in and do, you know, fairly well, potentially great if uh, Carlos Perez and Ibanez and VR turn out to be important players for us. That is yet to be seen, but you s sort of get an idea that, you know, perhaps not Morgan De Sanctis, who uh, is, is, you know, being... Uh, uh, um, tied to Ascoli as a potential uh, uh, sporting director over there. I'm not saying that, but it's right now I have, I have no expectations regarding this sporting director role. I think that um, the work that you've done doesn't really say much about the, the work that you're about to do, especially in a place like Roma with the contracts that Roma have at disposal, which will be a challenge for anyone. Yeah, I, I think no matter who who gets tapped for this, I think this is I think this is going to be a challenge for just about anybody. It, it doesn't matter if it's Sabatini, you bring back Petraki. Is that something that would interest you bringing him back? Possibly. Yeah, possibly yes because um you know, I <laughs> Again, we've we've had the, it's weird to judge uh, actually a, a sporting director of Roma. You have this Baldini figure that we want to pretend like he's not there, but he is there and he makes deals. Some of them work, some of them don't. Smalling, Mkhitaryan, that's Baldini. Pedro, also Baldini. So not necessarily bad, but at, still, it's it's a voice that will always get to you. 
Um, especially if you're a guy like Petraki who doesn't seem like the most color collaborative person in the world. He's he seems like a lone wolf who, you know, wants to go his own way, make his own decisions. So um I I I just like the guy's attitude. The guy's attitude um in the face of rumors. And um I think he is someone who knows something about defenders. That's a position that I think Roma um will need to keep addressing throughout the years. So why not? Um I really just don't want to see those returns that no. don't make any sense. Yeah, I don't no. I don't believe in in the Sabatini return. I don't. I think that it's it's he had an incredible run. He ha- he made some bad mistakes. He, he made some very good choices, but it's over. That's that's in the past. Why why is it that it's always the easiest for people to associate us with past uh, 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 figures, past uh, uh, you know sporting directors, coaches, players? That it's it's lazy and unnecessary, especially in the face of a new uh, uh, presidency. I completely agree. I, I just again, it, it feels like this is more of a lazy connection that all of these newspapers and the radios are doing. It's just again. It doesn't take research. It doesn't take digging. It doesn't take asking. It's just, oh, well, he was here before. Let's throw that out there. It's... Especially because Sabatini denied it himself. He said, that's <laughs> right, in the past. right. I right. love Roma, but that's in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny when some of this stuff gets denied within like hours. It's just very, very, very funny uh, to see it unfold. What else? Other minor stuff. I was told Brian Friedkin is already in Rome, but there's no way for me to double confirm that someone from freaking told me that so i haven't reported it but just so everybody knows that's more than likely the case uh roma freaking doesn't want uh roma to be publicly traded anymore so they're going to work to remove the club from the borsa italiana for me um doesn't really matter that means they don't have to report all the transfer figures and all that so i guess that would be the only Thing that I would be annoyed by not being able to get. We would have to dig deeper into what they actually right. pay. They can just say undisclosed fee. Um, and what else? What else? What else? There is, you know, there is, uh, I believe people maybe have um, or maybe would appreciate you to, to paint a picture of what is about to come in the coming days. So, you know, what happens starting from around the 17th or 18th of this month? Uh, to the very end of August. Yeah, so I think I think what we're going to see is we're going to see things go quite slowly in the beginning. I don't expect Friedkin to come in here, be appointed, uh, sell 50 guys and bring in, you know, 10 to 20. I think we're going to see a very pragmatic summer. Uh, again, I think, I think Roma are basically going to try to help out their wage bill. Um, if you want to get very, very depressed, go look at what Roma pay in wages. And again, you can become very, very quickly pessimistic. I think that's going to be goal number one. Goal number one, reduce the wage bill. Um, and I know that might not sound exciting to people, but Roma, they need breathing room. Um, I, I think that is something that is probably going to be the top priority for the summer. Um, oh, this is also worth mentioning. Roma's debt. So we all know the the the, the famous debt number, 250, 260 million euros. Right. Um, I saw a copy. So what Roma did was they, they took this debt and they basically made it into bonds. So, I, I again, I'm not going to turn this into some 
financial jargon talk that many of you don't understand or care to understand because it's not interesting. And I completely understand if you were to think that. Um, so basically, Roma's debt, okay, their debt is in the form of bonds. Um, so I saw the contract for these bonds actually within the last couple of days. Um, Free Kim will not be paying it immediately. In fact, in order to pay it all off, they have to wait at least 24 months. So uh, at least for the time being, this debt is still going to remain on the um, books of the club. So I think that's also something we have to keep in mind. So again, with given that, I don't think we're going to see much of a deviation from what we've seen in, in previous summers. No, I don't think they're going to sell Zaniolo. No, um, I don't think they're going to sell Pellegrini. I think they'll try and sell the redundancies, reduce the wage bill, and that'll be that. Um, I, I'm very curious to hear what Ryan Friedkin has to say and Dan Friedkin. I don't want to underestimate this, but some newspapers have written about it, but these guys have worked in a manner so secret that I, it's something that I have very rarely seen before. Because usually with these people, um, I mean, okay, so I this whole time <laughs> I've been talking with someone from the Friedkin group who's a – a legal executive, a, an attorney, but I have not been able to get to Dan. I've not been able to get to Ryan. I mean, the lengths at which I have tried to get to them, I'm so embarrassed that eventually I'll, I'll tell it all. Um, I mean, I was contacting air traffic controllers at the airport where their private <laughs> jets are. They have three of them. I've literally tried everything to get to these guys. And so you're telling me so you're telling me that Ryan and Dan Friedkin don't go on Kuwaiti uh, TV programs and um, talk out in the open about uh, <laughs> potential deal with Roma and Palotta. Oh, embarrassing. Fahad al Pakar. What an absolute clown. Oh my god. I if that guy spoke English, I would love to have him on here right now because I would love to just tear him to shreds. <laughs> absolute clown that guy um and then he's got the nerve to go on and say that i work for pelota and friedkin give me a break <laughs> you couldn't even come up with a real hard offer man get out of here but no i listen it, it, if there's anything that you want to take positively from them is they have worked so professionally for the last 10 months that i i truly have never seen anything like it right it, it, it truly is amazing because again Generally, with these groups, you will get somebody who talks. Like that group who came to Rome in February, I contacted literally every single one of those people. Um, from somebody who was in IT to uh, somebody else who um, I've probably written about before, Mark Watts, who's like the right-hand man of, of Dan Friedkin. I mean, I found every single one of those people. I found contact information for them. All those people that were in Rome, none of them talked. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Because somebody usually talks, right? I mean, you will find somebody who gives in and they want to find a reason to, to talk to the media. I couldn't find anybody. So the, the level of professionalism in which they've operated over this these uh, 10 months is truly something I have never seen before because, I mean – Compare that with somebody like Palotta, who <laughs> on one of our stories where Camiso talked about him not uh, speaking Italian or something. Beautiful. Palotta so takes, takes offense to it, and he, he retweets one of our tweets, and he goes, Oh, Rocco, you're still upset I didn't let you become a partner at Roma five years ago or seven years ago, whatever he said. 
I mean, the drastic just difference between the two is astonishing. You're not going to see Dan Freakin talk with people through Twitter. You're not going to see Ryan Freakin, uh, you know, uh, uh, leak stuff to uh, Teleradio Stadio. And, and I don't mean to – I'm not calling them out specifically. I'm just, just saying. And yeah. I have to be honest with you, Andy. I, I'm excited to see that because with all these radios and newspapers – there's always somebody at the club who gives them their information and there's always this um it's always like this sort of dynamic where you're only getting one side of the story and they're telling their agenda of things i can't wait to see what happens because they're going to get nothing from freakin i'm telling you if freakin brings in uh, if the majority of people they bring in are new people, if you if you bring in all these new people, you're getting fresh faces who aren't, um, I guess you would say, infected by the environment. I cannot wait right. to see all these radios and newspapers go insane because they won't be able to get out anything from these guys. And, and it'll be so fun to see like their agendas with all this. Because if they start going against the club, it'll be so abundantly clear why. And you could probably speak better to this, but can you just sort of touch upon before we go here, like what we always discuss l'ambiente romano. We always discuss how peculiar and particular this Roman environment is. And from a media standpoint, can you shed some light for everybody on this? Because we throw it out there a lot, and I don't think we've ever really talked about it specifically. But there, it is different than other places because you have all of these, all of these newspapers, all of these radios that claim to be for Roma, but they just love to, um, they love to sort of poke, you know, they they they, they love to aggravate. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, it's real. And again, I want I just want to underline because we're talking about something that is there, but it's not really there, and. The Ambiente Romano has nothing to do with how the team plays or, you know, how they can't compete for a single trophy or whatever. But it doesn't – We I think it has an effect on the fan base. I think it has an effect on how the team is perceived, um, just not how the team performs. That's the difference. And this is – you know, it's – it's so common, and I actually, I actually envy those that do not read Italian or you know do not speak Italian because you save yourselves a lot of um, bad journalism, bad writing in general uh, from people who sometimes, or at least I believe in in what they are writing, should not be anywhere near uh, a typing machine or a computer and, you know, should not be anywhere near writing an article about um, Roma's transfer market list or Roma's past season just because it's, you know, it, it everything revolves around sensationalism. So you, I wake up in the morning and I follow the, the good old Pagine Romaniste, um, who who are kind enough to report on basically every single headline in every single Italian newspaper um, from like five in the morning in here in Europe, um, and it's it, it's astounding to see that every single major headline. Um, I could you know I could go out of my way and actually say that probably the only big newspaper that avoids these titles or headlines. Um, is is Il Tempo the majority of the time yes. with the help of, of Filippo Biafra and Alessandro Ostini who avoid these kind of uh, 
you know, just sensationalistic articles, titles, um, because it's not even I don't even be, believe that there is propaganda going on in, in, in this, even, you know, in radios or, or it, it's it's just these people find found the formula, uh, the right formula for people to read them and listen to them. And uh, and they know and they have to keep that image alive. And so you'll find the same people who said some terrible stuff about Lo- uh, about Palotta um, sometimes was justified, but most of most most of the time not. Um, today say exactly the same things about Friedkin. Uh, teach you know teach Friedkin how to do his business. Teach Friedkin <laughs> how to treat the Roman environment. Uh, bring back bring back the old badge um, oh, and all that. And it's but but the thing is that people buy into them. So that that's when we talk about ambiente romano, it's not only what is going out; it's also how people are receiving this this information. And a lot of the time, people buy into this stuff because they're you know they don't want to go out of their way and you know actually search that perhaps you know Roma are not really looking at Daniele De Rossi as a potential coach um, or are not really looking at Prade as a sporting director but it's easier it's easier people will listen people will associate those names and and so you create this environment that makes it really difficult from anyone from outside to come in and and actually do things differently because we saw it with 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 Monchi um, Monchi came in here Really strong, uh, really you know sh- confident of his own work, and by the end of the year he was a nervous wreck, right? And and it's I'm not saying that what journalists or just media in general are talking about him affected his work, but at the same time you get a guy who comes here and becomes basically insane in in terms of his work, and then goes back to Sevilla and does wonders again. So. That's what I'm talking about. It's 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 a very very weird phenomenon um, that is you know I don't, I'm not denying that it's in other cities as well. I'm not saying that Juventus don't have their journalists that or or, or just people who say um, stuff that goes against their own way um, or or in Milan with Inter and and AC Milan, but at Roma it's it's so palpable and it's it's become. A, a, a part of people's daily reality. People go into their car to commute to work, and and they listen to these radio stations that do nothing but uh, talk and talk and talk without any sort of insight, without any sort of information. And so people absorb more of impressions than actual information. And that's that's to me the most hurtful part about the ambiente romano. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> did you see yesterday La, uh, La Repubblica? They published an article that said the three errors that Ryan Friedkin has already made. Right. Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yes. Nobody has made errors because he doesn't even own the team yet. So come on. Like, if you could make a metaphor for L'Ambiente Romano, that headline encapsulates it, no? Yeah. What do you mean three errors already made by Friedkin? That, 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 literally impossible he's he's made no errors and, and yeah. just to see the um uh like the the the, the sniping already happening it, it truly gives you a look at this yep. place and it's just like you know yeah it's not the reason why roma haven't you know won anything but it certainly hasn't helped 
So just to see it unfold in this manner, um, when you have a new ownership group and you already have people looking for reasons to, to, to tear them down for no reason whatsoever yeah. is extremely and, and, this, and this is you know and this is not you know this was not invented during Palota's tenure. This I you Correct. know I'm, it's a little bit before my time, but I saw some headlines from early nineties, late nineties that said the same things about the Sensi uh, that you know that propagated the same stuff, and which means most you know impressions, uh, preconceived notions, incredible bias. Um, that you know most of the time is false um has you know no you know no ground whatsoever there is no reason to believe that stuff but it was there and it's there and it's here to stay because it's easy because people listen now more than ever it's you know you 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 can listen to these radio stations uh on your laptop on your yes, uh, on the apps on you your phone download, yeah it's so easy yeah, you now download everything you can you can subscribe so it's much much easier and people are prone to listening and i understand this is a phenomenon of media i'm we're talking about here like it's a, a it's a lecture uh, uh, of <laughs> communication or yeah. media um which is something I'm studying at my university, but that's that's the point: is that it's it's a phenomenon. But here at Roma, they utilize it to the max. They you know they milk it uh, to to the very end, and and it's 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 tired. It's it's also it's also lazy. It's it's just not interesting enough when when you could be writing something that has actual substance in terms of okay, who's this Friedkin? Who are we looking at? Who is Ryan Friedkin? Because this guy is supposed to be our reference point from now on. Like everybody said, and you said, um, we're looking at Ryan Friedkin as the the man who is going to be at in Rome, um, taking care, look overseeing the operations. So I would, as a reader, as a listener, I would like some substance regarding that um, instead of taking all the tired stuff, all the tired stereotypes, cliches. Uh, from Palota and just throwing them onto the uh, 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 Friedkin ownership because it's always different and I think it would be more exciting uh, for people to actually learn something about this new ownership. Yeah, completely agree. There's no, yeah, there's nothing else I can add to that. I couldn't have said it better. So we'll be back later in the week. We'll do more of a season review. This is just more of an update of the stuff going on and the chance for us to talk it out. So we'll be back in a couple of days. As always, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. We appreciate it so, so much. And uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Take care. Ciao. Ciao.